0: Welcome to the IAOM Podcast, First Break Stories from the Roll Floor. I'm your host Simon Tietke. On today's episode we come to you from the show floor of the IAOM's National Conference in Richmond, Virginia. We hear some familiar voices of old friends and new voices of the future of our industry. Please join me for an hour of stories from the role floors of this world. But first, a word from our sponsors. BULA Insights is the digital service available from BULA. It provides unprecedented levels of transparency for your process by capturing data from the machines in your plant and then visualizing that data in a digestible format for you to make more informed decisions about your production process. It works on a single machine, an entire plant or across a multi-site organization. Bühler Insights is a powerful, customizable and highly secure digital solution that increases productivity, it could be increased yield, reduce plant downtime machine, line or plant performance analyzers in comparison or reducing your energy usage. Whatever your top priority is, Bühler Insights has you covered today and into the future. Contact your local Bühler office to find out more or just search for it online today. GEA Golfedo Sancari consider milling raw materials such as maize, wheat and cereals as a promise. A promise to all their customers to promote environmental sustainability and make the most of the resources offered by our planet. That's why GEA Golfetto Sangati's milling technology is developed with the aim of protecting raw materials in the most effective way by reducing internal friction, optimizing the layout and maximizing the energy savings. Discover how GEA Golfetto Sangati develops and builds milling plants of any size and any capacity on GEA.com. All right. Hey, Joel. Hey, Simon. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Yeah? Good. Um, why don't you introduce yourself quick a little bit? I mean, there um, might be people around that don't know you. I'm,
1: I'm Joel Hoffa. I've uh, had a 45-plus-year milling career. I'm a K-Stater graduate in 1980. I uh, spent some time at uh, the Pillsbury Company and some time with ADM and some time with Cereal Foods before they became GrainCraft. Uh, 20 years with Manel Milling, so Jesus. been involved with the IOM uh, since like 84, 83 ish. Was the president in 19 or 19 in uh, 2014. So, been on technical committee forever since '95.
0: Yeah, something. we share a spot there at the technical committee. I enjoy that. Um, when was Pillsbury done? Because he's ever part of the postdoc.
1: Yeah, uh, kind of fractionated in two sections. Uh, the the f- uh, final one was uh, I, it was St. Louis, Enid, uh, Buffalo. I'm not sure what the, I can't remember the last mill, but it was like 91. Uh, they did a little merger w- with uh, joint venture with ADM, and then I think 93 was yep. finalized, or ADM bought those other four mills. The previous mills uh, were absorbed by Cargill oh okay so at one time when i came out of the industry pillsbury was the largest miller in the country yeah
0: that's that's you know what you learn right especially when like me when you live in minneapolis that's the first thing you hear and so did you did you work in any of the mills out there
1: um, I actually started at the ADM plant on Hiawatha Avenue in South Minneapolis. It was, uh, I worked for about three years total by summer help. I, you know, I started went one semester at K-State and then summer help at uh, ADM and then, you know, back to K-State and then summer help at ADM. And mm-hmm. finally, I spent a year a, or a couple of years in a row, uh, 60, uh, 76, 77, uh, just to earn some money and get married and <laughs> went back to school and finished my degree in 80. Yeah.
0: To you, are you from Kansas then? Oh, you are no,
1: I was uh, South Minneapolis Roosevelt High School. There
0: you go. Yeah, so that's. I,
1: I grew up within the shadows of that flour mill. Yeah, so I
0: used to live there, thirty-eighth and fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not far from that at all. Yeah,
1: I my you know we uh, I was right on thirty-sixth Street and twenty-second uh, Avenue. Just to give you an idea. Oh so yeah, yeah.
0: Kind of neighbors there. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, for the show, did you see anything that's interesting, yet That you think is. Sparks oh, I, I'm
1: always interested in, you know, the new treatment uh, to reduce uh, microbes on the wheat uh, just got from there. That, that looks real promising. Um, you know, the magnet technology, I just can't believe these engineers can, you know, you can't pull a washer off a magnet anymore without having a rope tied to it. I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh of course, you know, magnets are very specific to the task. You don't necessarily need a strong magnet in all applications, but That's it's amazing true. what they can do with them.
0: That's true. Yeah, so I agree so with that. And you know, especially for the cost of just just process magnets, you don't necessarily need that rare earth capability, yeah. but it's it's pretty incredible. I'm I'm looking forward to see what they got with that with that new intelligent magnet. Mm. That's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Joel.
1: Okay, you're quite welcome. Yeah. You have a good <laughs> rest of your day. Time. Huh? Will do. Thank
0: you hey Adrian how are you doing
2: Wonderful, Simon. How are you, sir?
0: You know living the dream It is um ten forty four a m on the first day of the show, so I'm taking you walk the show floor a little bit yes, sir. good well, first i I guess you know I know you very well, but why don't you tell us who you are and who you work for?
2: yeah, well, my name is Adrian Herrera. I work for a Miller Milling company in Los Angeles, I am the current head miller uh at the los angeles mill i'm actually second generation at that mill my dad nice. worked there for about 25 years and the current plant manager was actually his plant manager back in the day so <laughs> i have a lot of uh, personal relationships with that mill yeah. just because uh and you know, i grew up around it uh from you know when i was a kid uh back then before everything got to where it is now we're you know, safety-wise, you know, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but yeah. my dad would take me in the mill, and, uh, you know, I was fascinated by the sifter movements, and, yep. uh, you know, back then I was a lot smaller, so I was able to grab onto one of the crossbars and get <laughs> shaken around, which was one of my fondest <laughs> memories of the first time my dad walked me through the the mill, you know, and I've always been fascinated with machines, you know, I come from a car-building background, which is what I did before I came to Miller Milling, um, So machines and machinery and, you know, little gadgets and the way things work has always kind of been my thing to, you know, figure out the ins and the outs of how things work and, uh, you know, I'm one of those ones that likes to uh, do hands-on and, you know, try to repair things but think outside of the box on how to make it better. So if that requires fabrication or a design change, you know, to improve the process, you know, that's... That's kind of my game.
0: Good. So you said you grew up right around the mill. Yeah. That is East L.A.? Uh,
2: Well, I grew up, uh, I started in Southgate. That's where I grew up when I was a kid. And my dad moved us out to uh, Lake Elsinore uh, probably when I was maybe about 14, 15 years old. Uh, Just the area where we were at, you know. um, It started to knock down a lot of homes and started to build apartment complexes. And, you know, the gangs were starting to get pretty bad and so my dad moved us out to uh lake elsinore which is you know about 60 miles out of la mm-hmm. um you know kind of countryside so uh then you know it came back after i uh, graduated high school and uh lived in uh long beach for a little bit and then nice. bought a house in pico rivera which is down the street from the mill basically east of la and uh that's actually when i started to work for uh Miller Milling, or Horizon Milling at the time, you know, in 2009, uh, before Miller Milling had purchased the mount. Um, So, yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, I grew up around the area, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So you, let's say you have an untypical background to be a head miller in the American milling market. Most of the people I talk to and we talk to are K-State graduates. So how did you get to become a head miller?
2: Well, like I I said, after... uh, You know, I I had a shop for about nine years that I opened in uh, 2000 uh, in Long Beach, and it was basically a car restoration uh, business. We also did general maintenance, uh, but our forte was, uh, you know, building old classic hot rods and rat rods and anything that's, uh, you know, pre 60s, 50s, 40s. Then when the economy took a hit in 2009, you know, unfortunately I lost my shop. I actually lost everything. Uh, at the time, I had about 27 cars, uh, which 27 of them were classic cars that uh, <laughs> yeah. they had to liquidate to pay back some of the money that I owed. Mm. Um, then I started to kind of explore other things to to do, and my dad actually suggested, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you come work at the mill? And, uh, you know, at the time, I had nothing else going on, so, uh, yeah, I went to work uh, for the mill. I, I went there and... Uh, entry level, you know sweeping floors I really didn 't do that for too long um, they uh, you know they identified that I had a mechanical background, so I started doing more maintenance role changes and just helping out with maintenance and fabrication mm-hmm. um,
0: do you do you remember your first day i do what was that like
2: uh, it did, was you hold, did you hold on to the sifter <laughs> no' <laughs> much bigger now and you know that's a that's a no no in in today's uh, in today 's world as far as safety is concerned but uh, yeah, my first day was uh I mean it's pretty intense just 'cause, you know, it was August when I first started there, so it was mm-hmm. super hot. Um, you know, I wasn't used to being covered with dust and, and, and flour and, and, and screenings. You know, I was okay with getting dirty with grease and oil, but uh you know, it was I think for me I think I did it more to uh satisfy my, my dad and show him that, you know, I'm not uh <laughs> I can handle what he can handle because, uh, I mean, it, it is it is tough work, you know, working yeah. in a mill. It's not an easy thing, especially, you know, when you're doing, you know, just the sanitation portion or the, the cleaning portion. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's – and it's a high risk, you know. That, that's one of the first things that scared me was they put that dust explosion video. I was <laughs> like, well, this, this is where I want to work, you know. So that did, you know, kind of scare me. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, just because my dad worked there and he had a – pretty big reputation there and still you know to this day they, they talk about him there because he was a really hard worker um, you know I started to enjoy it actually I started to see how everything worked and you know once you know I got the I got a Miller position after five months they uh, mm-hmm. posted a position for uh, Miller Schiff Miller um, and they gave it to me and uh, after only a week of uh, actually two weeks of training they put me on my own because uh, there was a need for a miller. Mm. So I technically only got like two solid weeks of, uh, of training on so, the mill.
0: So you reported to your dad?
2: Uh, no. My okay. dad, uh, actually when I started there, my dad uh, had recently retired.
0: Okay, good. Because I can see that might be a little bit of a Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to work for him. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I wouldn't be able to work for my dad, so that's all I know. Yeah. I mean, I love the man, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, my dad has a very small tolerance for, you know, questions. So if he teaches you once, he expects you to to know yeah. the second time. So, <laughs> yeah, I would not be able to work for that, yeah. man.
0: So, yeah, after five months, you became a Miller, huh?
2: Yep, after five months, I became a Miller. Um, you know, started to, I did the K-State uh, correspondence course. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first things that they, they gave me. And then uh, afterwards, you know, they, they started to, you know, send me for other things, um, you know, in K-State as well, flow sheet design, and just trying to get my, my education there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would have never thought that I would end up, you know, in the business that I'm in now. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a rewarding job, uh, especially, you know, after these two years of this pandemic and and seeing the need that people had for our product and, you know, how crucial it is to keep the operation running like that 24-7, you know, because of the demand, you know, it gives you that self-satisfaction because, you know, you're able to uh, feed a lot of people with our product, you know, it's uh, when the stores got scarce with no product and, and no food, you know, I was still able to to get flour when when needed and, you know, mm. in my area, there was times where there was no meats, there was nothing on the shelves, so, you know, we stocked up on flour and uh, beans. You can live on that until, you know, so things get better. Yeah. So. For sure. And yeah, so I did that. Uh, I rotated and did shift miller for about five years. Uh, then I got promoted to a sanitation supervisor. Uh, I did that for about a year.
0: What What did you think? You wanted to go back to milling, or?
2: Um, well. For me, I think at that time, since my kids were small, getting out of the rotation was kind yeah. of the drive for that. Which sense. I mean, I didn't, didn't want to do it because I enjoyed what I did, um, and the position that they gave me, they opened it up. It wasn't a position that existed there, but they saw potential in my mm. leadership skills, so they they opened this position for me, and I started the sanitation supervisor position in, in L.A. Awesome. And then uh, after that, uh, you know, the, the head Miller uh, that was there was actually quitting. And uh, I applied for the head Miller position. And, uh, you know, my plant manager, Gary, he uh, he vowed for me. Uh, and, you know, he had full trust in me that I can do the job. And uh, I've been doing that since. Yeah. It's a long way. I've come a long way. come a long way. And like you said, you know, most of the people that you talk to are from k-state you know and because of you i got the opportunity to further educate myself oh that was because
0: of you because well it was yourself man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
2: yeah but i mean like like i said you saw something in me as well where you know you, you wanted to continue to help me grow and you know i again thank you enough for you know sending me to the swiss milling school and uh you know investing in my education you know i mean I, I give it my all every day. You know that, and, and uh, you know I try. I try my best. Like I <laughs> said, I get a lot of self-satisfaction for what I do there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very that. rewarding job.
0: Good. Switzerland was a good experience.
2: Best, best experience of my life, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, just uh, the culture out there, the food out there, you know, the people out there, just the clean air. You know, I'm from Los Angeles, so <laughs> my, my lungs didn't know what to do once they were getting that fresh... Fresh mountain that air. Fresh mountain air. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, you do see a, a significant difference in, in, in your breathing when you're breathing clean air. Oh, yeah? So it was Never thought
0: about that, but yeah, I guess.
2: It's, it was a wonderful, you know, experience to, to see different types of milling, different types of products, different yeah. ways of doing things. You know, the Swiss got kind of their way of doing things where, you know, in the States, it's, it's a lot different than what they do, but... Uh, you know, you kind of try to take the best of both worlds and, you know, ultimately make it make it your own.
0: Exactly. That's. I think that's the big takeaway out of all the education you can do. If it's, you know, Swiss milling school or K-State, right? I mean, you see the quality of K-State as we, we get out of school, you know, like Parker worked with you for a while. So there's always something to take away and yeah. put it together to yep. build your own little mill, right?
2: Yeah, yep. I mean, that's. I think that's uh, every head miller's... Uh, goal or it should be their goal is to you know you you can't I can't work like you I can't do things like you you gotta take what's gonna work best for you and Mm. uh, work it to work to your benefit and I I think that's how you become you know successful in the positions that we're in is you know thinking outside of the box and not just you know going or doing what somebody else is doing because there might be a different way of doing it or might be you know, I mean, you won't know till
0: you try. Yeah, and let's be serious. I mean, most of us headmullers have a big enough ego to not do the same thing our predecessor did anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That's probably the truth, but good. Um, you walked the show floor a little bit. Did you see anything that sparked your interest yet?
2: No, well, maybe, you know, the, that uh, new great Western sifter, I see they're, they're going... Uh, different direction now with uh, they're getting away from the wood. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go the 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 more uh, food safety uh, m- mental state or mental thought towards yep. uh, what they're doing with their products. I um, actually haven't finished coming this way around, but you know that new purifier from Bueller looks pretty pretty cool with the three feet now. Yeah, it dust uh, isn't it? a lot of uh, food safety points there. Uh, nice design. I mean, overall, it's a nice. Uh, Nice design, um, other than that, nothing else really that uh that has sparked my interest
0: awesome, well, thanks, Adrian.
2: well, thank you for having me, Simon
0: Oh, no problem. Have a good rest of your of your show thank you, sir. Hey, everybody. We got um Aiden Milani here um Aiden and I go back quite a bit. I would say
3: yes, absolutely
0: yeah. Aiden, tell me quick, you know where you're from and and what do you do, who you work for, and how the hell did you end up, what you're doing?
3: It'd be a pleasure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks a lot uh, for the opportunity. Um, well, I've been with, um, I would say, Bueller for a long time, 17, 18 years, uh, moving around different regions, different applications, uh, different departments, and that's, I think, what has uh, kept me uh, with Bueller. I started as an engineer um, in, you know, designing flour mills. Then I kind of entered into rice milling, optical sorting, and again moved um, in and out of different business units. And now, for the last couple of years, I've been focusing on pulses, uh, peas, and old chickpeas, you know, these mm. are new kits um, uh, around the corner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, pulses, so you're on a sh- at a show with a bunch of wheat millers, and you had a podcast with a lot of people that mainly understand wheat milling. So fill me a little bit in, why pulses and what, what is the use for pulses all of a sudden?
3: You know, as you know, pulses have been around for a very long time. Uh, But again, in different regions because of the climate and, you know, some people are very much used to pulses and pulse-based ingredients. But as you mentioned recently, they have been gaining popularity uh, in, let's say, North America and Europe regions that traditionally we didn't have pulses. And there's a lot of factors contributing to that. One is uh, the protein, uh, you know, uh, factor and the sustainability. Pulses are very sustainable Crops, and again, not not to replace wheat or any of these, yeah, of are, you know, uh, main crops, but they're they're just a good complement uh, mm-hmm. to our diets. You know, the, the 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 make of the proteins that could complement. You know, there's sus- sustainability effects. They could be used as as return um, as 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 you know in 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 um, in, in crop, rotation, Ro- crop rotation. with A lot of wheats yeah, and I cereals. Was,
0: I was wa- wondering that because you know traditionally, you know, where you and I live, right, like people use use a lot of soybeans. As rotation, but you could use any kind of kind of other pulse right to to do that was correct
3: absolutely and and of course, soybeans is a stall in the picture you know they have large volumes mm. uh, but yes there a lot of farmers are now basically uh using pulses uh peas lentils chickpeas um as as rotation crops, you know the ones that are focusing again, I think looking at the whole picture again and also also being a part of bueller that you're you're dealing with different industries and different crops. I don't think there's any competition. It's more of a just kind of different applications and complementing yeah. each other. Uh, but again, there is a certain segment, especially looking at, um, for example, if it's g- going to be gluten-free or, or mm-hmm. certain you know uh, non-GMO, then pulses uh, become a bit more uh, uh, significant in that aspect. For example, compared to uh, soybeans uh, or compared to cereals. Because as you may yeah. know, pulses have been uh, non-GMO for now. Uh, so that's just another
0: I uh, don't know that that's that's actually quite positive right and then I mean you mentioned a couple times protein they obviously deliver uh, quite a high amount of of healthy proteins correct so I've been seeing um you know I've I've been seeing in the grocery stores I'm you know buying like lentil chips and all kinds of things so I think that's that's I think it's a trend but it's a trend that's growing if you would you agree with that
3: definitely definitely when again looking at at that from the bueller's perspective that you know we look at the growth i mean wheat of course, is a huge market for yeah. us but the growth is a small as as you know mm-hmm. uh in the case of pulses it's the opposite you know the to- overall volume is, is still very very small uh, but the growth is, is substantially uh, bigger uh again to your point everything from chips and and and, and bread uh to uh you know vegetable uh, you know these uh, alternative proteins, yeah. uh, vegetable-based uh, meat, for example, uh, plant-based proteins. Uh, th- th- just different niche markets that are uh, small compared to uh, the staple uh, crops, but but growth is, uh, has been uh, pretty major.
0: Awesome. So, how does Bühler fall into that?
3: Um, as you mentioned, Bueller has been and is very much uh, focused on on, on milling Mm -hmm. Uh, and again wheat has been uh, the core of our activities but again as the markets kind of shift towards different trends or as our customers are looking at the different applications we also try to help them kind of use that hundreds of years of experience with milling but also kind of adjusting that okay how we can mill chickpeas how we can mill
0: peas. it's different right I mean everybody here you know, knows you have you have for wheat, you have a wheat cleaning, right? And then you temper the wheat, and you put it on the mill, and you grind it in several different steps. You make flour, and you're done, right? And sell the feed as a byproduct. So how 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 do you go about milling pulses?
3: You know, to your point. You know, I think the basics of the milling is is pretty much the same. So if you're a miller, you can easily kind of relate to those things. Uh, but um, there are still differences. Uh, one thing is. Pulses, you know, again, milling pulses and extruding pulses and doing all these things are relatively new compared mm-hmm. to we, so there's not that, you know, um, hundreds of years or thousands of years of experience. It's not no. like, so a f- we
0: there's not a fixed playbook either, Absolutely. right? It's kind of open, open concept, right? But
3: also, the applications are very new. So yep. you, you get, you know, different companies, different startups and everybody wants to build something new. So, I would say every application for us is something new. So we kind of start from scratch again. Know, use that knowledge, use that everything that you know, and then just come up with some some new designs. Awesome.
0: So of of course, I would I would think that you, US Bueller, you you provide everything from, like the intake all the way through, the loadout, right? So you have do you have any specialty machines that are specially made for, for pulses?
3: Absolutely. In the case of uh, pulses, we kind of go with that philosophy of uh, farm to fork. So we kind of try to cover from right after harvest, pre-cleaning, cleaning, milling, and even go into uh, processes like processes like fractionation. Then oh, okay. the idea is to extract protein, for example, or starch. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't mean that we manufacture every single piece of equipment, that it, but but we can provide the process. And if we have to work with some 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 partners in the process, we obviously do. But yes, we can basically start from right after harvest and even uh, go as far as producing, uh, let's say, textured vegetable protein. Uh, you know, at the end of the line, but through extrusion or producing pasta or or these final products.
0: So you you talked about a little textured protein that would be kind of like the the alternative to meat, right? So absolutely, I ate a couple of those things before. You know always curious to try what are, they, what are they usually made of?
3: You know when they started in the beginning uh, because they, they need a lot of protein you yeah, know exactly. as kind of to kind of give the texture and in the beginning uh, they used a lot of uh, wheat protein Really, actually because that's a really good protein it's easy yeah. to work with there's a lot of you know experience with that uh, then uh, we have soy, uh, soy um, mm-hmm. isolate uh, today you will see more and more uh, using pulses again that kind of goes back customer preferences, whether that's being non-GMO, gluten-free, I mean exactly. whatever that, that might be today you will see more and more um, pulse-based, some of them are 100% some of them still use you know, uh, other types of protein to get to that uh, texture or the protein content.
0: Interesting, interesting well, Aiden, I don't want to take you away too long from your customers, I th- thank, thanks a lot for talking to me and Anytime, it was a know, pleasure Thanks for having enjoy me. Enjoy the rest of your show Thank you very much Hey, Herman, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing good, thank you, Simon and yourself? Ah, you know, not bad. Yeah, long time.
0: Yeah, did I just catch you off guard, didn't I? (laughs) You did. (laughs) You really did. I know, Herman just walked by and, you know, Herman and I know each other for 12, 13 years? 13 years, yeah, most probably. Yeah, and both of us have a strong accent, mine is German, yours
4: isn't, isn't it? No, no, basically some people basically I would say it's actually Australian, but it's not. It's <laughs> South African. <laughs> it is
0: South African. Yeah, very much. That's so. strong
4: R. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hammond, what are you doing? So, I'm actually, um, I'm actually now the sales account manager for, for Bueller the North American region, I'm focusing on the corn business. Yeah. Awesome. Moved to the US since 2018. Awesome. You changed to the dark side huh, from operations. Uh, yeah, my but my heart is still in the milling, so good. I'm always a process engineer. Okay, good. Where, where do you recall where we met the first time? I think that was Zambia. Zambia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did a startup there. You did a startup exactly. for another customer. Yeah. I did a flour mill, and you did a corn mill,
0: maize mill, corn yeah. mill,
4: maize mill. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I uh, I spent quite a bit of time down in you know the southern part of Africa, and corn and maize is quite the commodity. And quite a bit more than, than in I would say, in the U.S. even when it comes to um, just human consumption. Yeah, I think if you're with
4: maize being a staple food, in, I would say, in the southern part of Africa. Um, and I think even with, with Zambia, you know, I think at one point they were the highest dense maize molds globally. Um, at one point, yeah. Really? So what what is the main what do they do with the corn what, what do they eat what's the main dishes so um with maize i would say in africa that's they've got uh, they, they will actually consume that as a as a breakfast they call it a porridge um, and then they will also use it uh, sometimes as a as a lunch which is pub and and they can even have it as a dinner which is very similar to pup, but it, they will actually mix that with a, a they call it like a sheba, yeah. so it's like a sauce so yeah it's a it's a really good i actually enjoy it me being a south african that's I like it as well
0: Yep, me too <laughs> I I definitely enjoyed the papa I eat and <laughs> in South Africa with some good boerwurst Yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
4: boerwurst and Pop. it's famous
0: Exactly <laughs> Um, You know obviously Bühler has a big booth at the at the show as usual mm-hmm. Anything that's your favorite so far that um, you guys have here this to year? Be,
4: uh, to be honest I actually um, I did like a yesterday presentation so I didn't spend too much time that's why I actually was walking through it now today oh, Okay. and that's why you caught me so I this is w- this was my first aisle and yeah I haven't seen that much so yet but uh looking forward to see the rest. Yeah me too, I haven't been gone around yet, but I know you, you guys have a
0: new purifier on
4: the booth, yeah, I think. Yeah we've got the new purifier on the booth um and it's um it actually looks quite good. Um I think there's a lot of advantages with them. Um then we've got also the the builder vision which we can display. So yeah, there's a lot of nice things coming. Yeah. If you want to see something, yeah.
0: Yeah, we have one of those at Miller Milling. I like it. The oh
4: big yeah. vision, yeah. Yeah, it's I think that's quite handy. Yeah, it does. It is. Yeah. Awesome. And what's nice about it, you can you don't only need to use it with Beulah. You can actually use it internal as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a good tool to use.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Well, thanks, Herman. I don't want to hold you up. You know, you're busy walking around. So. No, thanks a thanks lot. Thanks for your time.
4: Good meeting you. Good seeing yeah. you again. Okay
0: from above and beyond service to incredible flower performance in your facility. Miller Milling Company goes the extra mile at every mill. Miller's team's dedication and attention to details helps them learn your business so they can work seamlessly as a part of your crew. Whether you need existing products or customized solutions you can count on Miller to deliver exactly what you need. Miller Milling also works to make sure every link in your supply chain is secure so you get a reliable product on time every time. And if something ever happens to go wrong, they always make it right. Because here, flour is more than a processed grain. It's a partnership. Welcome to Milling Made Easy. For over 40 years, Lawrence Conveying Products has been North America's single source manufacturer for all things dry Lawrence offers a wide range of pneumatic conveying product solutions including diverter valves, slide gates, couplings, elbows and more. Customization is their specialty. Family owned since 1979, Lawrence understands the importance of quality service and flexibility. Clients aren't just clients, but rather extended members of the family. Save purchasing dollars by contacting Lawrence, your one stop shop. Hey Andreas, how are you doing? Hi Simon, I'm doing well, and you? You know, not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me here. Oh, thanks for stopping by. You know, it's nice to have people stop by and talk a little bit about their product and the show and IAOM. So, um, Andreas, where are you from and who do you work for? Uh,
5: I'm from Switzerland, as you may be here, <laughs> my accent is not gone yet. Yeah. Uh, i work for Swissca for four years now. Yeah. And uh, we do mainly scales. Well, we started with scales and we are moving forward to all different products. We came up with a dampener device last year, and today we brought some a new radar sensor to the show. Awesome! Along with other products like uh, flow balancers here, and uh, Dancy is uh, is here as well. You won the best of show last year, didn't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, our first time appearance, and we won right away. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I was excited about that and. Uh, yeah. So Don't you expect to win again this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that was uh, we're honored to be elected for to to be part of the product showcase and yeah. we are able to to show something more uh what comes from Swisske. Good. What did you show? Uh we showed this uh, new radar level sensor. that should be a sensor or will be a sensor for uh measuring the level in, in small bins, especially in scales or other in feed devices for, for milling equipment. And um the, the clue is that it works uh, with radio waves, so it's a radar sensor. It's independent of dust, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why we choose this radar technology and in the last few years uh, this radar uh, sensor technology made uh, a huge step and also the sensors become much te- cheaper than they used to be. And uh, within also with the development of microelectronics and software, so this, all these developments uh, Offer new opportunities mm-hmm. also for this type of of measuring devices. So we came up with this brand new prototype. Uh, it's uh, still 3D printed, so <laughs> it's, oh, it's 3D more 3D fresh. Printed, huh? yeah, I like it. The, the housing, but yeah. Yeah. so we just made some first tests. They were very promising, mm-hmm. and so we decided to come up uh, with this product for this year's awesome. showcase.
0: Yeah. So you say it's small bins like like scales. Why would you measure the level in the scale when you already measure the weight? I mean. Uh,
5: could be useful when you want to de- determine the the density. Mm-hmm. Ah, that makes so sense. Yeah. Then, uh, especially in in-feed or intake scales, mm-hmm. when you have different products arriving with different densities, and you want to um, use your capacity of the of the scale as much, <laughs> and you d- then you don't have to change all the time the, the parameters for the yeah, scales okay. to provide or to prevent overfilling. Like the dump weight, for example, yep. right? Yeah. Like no, so you always have to yep. change that all you have to determine the, the, the density before and then enter the density to the scale and then it calculates the, the the levels automatically but then you have to do that before and so with this level sensor it should be automatic and it's makes it much more efficient yeah very well. Swiss of you yeah <laughs> we try to <laughs> no, think doing like mm, yeah things better so we see yeah. some some opportunities on each and every end of the processes and then sometimes it leads to product very good so
0: i have some experience with level continuous level sensors and dust has always been a problem
5: so how do you, how do you get around that so a crucial point in this radar sensor is uh, is it's, it's it's the lens so the you can customize the lens mm-hmm. in order to form uh, a beam which uh, focuses a lot of energy to a certain point and uh, if the density of the measuring or the product that you want to measure is 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 pretty much different from the dust, mm-hmm. dust is mainly air, yeah. and so that's why uh, you are able to filter that noise out of the of the reflecting signals, and then you still have a, a large peak to to figure it out where your level is. So that's why we, the key is to focus the beam as much as you can, and then. It works also for, for flour, so we tested that in a mm-hmm. small bin. So we're com- confident that uh, we'll bring it to a good end. Yeah. So. Is there any plans in the future for doing it for larger bins too? Not yet, because the intention is to use it also for smaller in feeds of other milling machines. Yeah, so that makes sense. Where, it make, uh, where you have to control a level yeah. and that to get rid sense. of this uh, force measurement or other guided uh, capacitive mm-hmm. sensors because they are very uh, sensitive on to product changes, to density changes. And so you don't have a always, you know, don't know the level, so you measure always something indirectly. Yeah, and so well, that makes sense. So our goal is to, yeah, to get something new in this field as well. For, and th- th- the difficulty is to, to measure small bins because all this reflection mm-hmm. of this radar sensor makes it much more difficult to detect uh, a level at the end because they are reflecting from everywhere. But awesome. uh, as I said, uh, this electronic developments made it possible to do that also in small bins.
0: Perfect. So good. Well, I'm looking forward to, you know, looking looking at that sensor a little bit more, see the future. Maybe maybe try one if it's not 3D printed anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but
5: so we're working on that. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you do.
0: Oh, I sure. bet you do. Well, Andreas, thanks a lot. You're welcome. And you have Thank a good rest of your show. Thanks a lot. Bye, Simon. Hey Frank, how are you doing? Good, how are you Simon? You know, living the dream. <laughs> Sec- <laughs> you and me both. Second day at the show, here on Sunday. so I'm st- Yeah, it's I'm st-
6: been a great show.
0: I'm still upright, so that's important.
6: <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> every morning. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. Frank, um, give me a little bit of history, who you are, who you work for, where you come from.
6: Absolutely, uh, my name is Frank Rita and I'm the sales manager for the Americas for uh, MPI, Magnetic Products. Uh, I've been working in uh, magnetic separators for almost 20 years now, previously six years uh, with MPI and previously with a, a competitor. Uh, so I've had a, the benefit of having a lot of experience working with the wonderful people here at uh, the IAOM and, and working with the IMEF as well.
0: Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah,
6: it's been great.
0: Good. Yeah. Um, you know, magnets being such a integral part of our business right in the flour milling industry but food food industry really anywhere right we're looking at at food protection but also at machine protection right things like that i think you guys have something that brings it a little bit to the next level don't you
6: absolutely um we've come out with the the First big advancement in magnetic separator technology uh, in over 30 years since we since we invented the quick clean and self cleaning magnets mm-hmm. over 30 years ago, and it's called the IntelliMag, and it's the world's first and only intelligent magnet. It's a, it's a patented technology that exclude that is exclusive to MPI. And what it does is uh, it has a controller in it, much like uh, your electronic pieces of equipment throughout Mm -hmm. the plant. And it measures in real time the performance of the magnetic separator uh, so that you're able to keep that separator working at peak performance uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm Uh, As we know, magnetic separators are only as good as the frequency in which we clean them. Exactly. And uh, that's one of the the shortfalls that we find is is we can't determine all the time whether or not a magnet needs to be cleaned. Sometimes, particularly with a receiving magnet, you may have a, a, a... rail car or a truck come in, and you may saturate your, your magnet in the first 20 minutes of, of receiving your, your product, and, and then you've got 70,000 pounds of product that's going over a magnet with no protection
0: on yeah, it. Absolutely. So, yeah,
6: absolutely. So, we believe that the uh, IntelliMag is really going to revolutionize the way that companies use magnets within their plants.
0: So how, how does it work? How, 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 do you, how do you measure the performance of a magnet? I
6: Absolutely. Mean. So we've embedded sensors in the working surface of the magnetic separator, and every second those sensors are measuring the strength of the magnetic mm-hmm. field. And it's sending that information uh, to the controller, um, and uh, we're able to determine in real time as we're gathering metal. And uh, the beautiful thing about it is as a, a user you get to to set the saturation level where you want to see the magnet either self-clean in the event that it's a self-cleaning magnet okay you don't have to have anyone an operator go clean it anymore it'll just self-clean uh or send an alert to the operator saying hey your magnet's now saturated so so obviously in your receiving areas you're going to allow a little bit more metal to gather on that magnet than you would in a a loadout
0: yeah exactly of course so so those sensors they're Im- embedded just under the magnetic surface. Absolutely. And so- then when something builds up, you would the, the magnetic field will reduce. Is that is that John, do you understand that right?
6: Absolutely. So as a, uh, you gather more metal across mm-hmm. the surface of a magnet, the flux density is distributed over larger surface areas. So the actual magnetic strength is decreased. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I think we've probably all seen a, a saturated magnet that just yeah. doesn't get, grab any other metal. Uh, and that's because we've collected so much metal and that flux density is now gone.
0: That's pretty smart.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's uh, the swan song of our our founder uh, Keith Rhodes, and uh, he's been working on it for quite some time. And uh, we're just happy that we we've got it now, and we've been getting really great feedback on it.
0: Awesome. So you said um, you can as as a user you can set your own saturation level. but so does that mean we could also set like a warning and then an alarm or? Absolutely. early warnings things like that
6: absolutely so um, you set you get to calibrate the the uh, separator with how much metal mm-hmm. you want to allow it to see and when you get to that certain level in the event if it's a in the case that it's a self-cleaning magnet it's just, just going to clean
0: it that makes sense yeah. yeah
6: and if it's not a self-cleaning magnet if it's a quick cleaning magnet then it's going to send an alarm either to your operating system in your plant or to the operator uh, and and it'll just say you need to go take uh, attention to this magnet.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That was my next question the connectibil- connectivity to um to the operating system, the you know, absolutely. Automation so system.
6: so the data we're were able to export any the data to work and integrate into any operating Mm -hmm. system that you have. We don't do the integration, we just provide the data and then you can do with what the data you want.
0: And I take it that will be an ethernet IP connection? It is
6: ethernet. Um, The the equipment is intrinsically safe. Uh, Obviously magnets are intrinsically safe. And, And the beautiful thing about it is because we're using an ethernet connection and transferring data from that magnetic separator to the controller, that controller can be located remotely doesn't oh, up okay. to 300 feet away if you you yep. want to put it that far oh, that's away. that's
0: great so you obviously have a big line of magnets right we in do previous already so it that that intelli magnet part is that is that something i can add to any of your magnets or is there just a certain line that that are available right now
6: absolutely so that is it is not available to retrofit into existing mm-hmm. magnets currently it is available on plate separators both in pneumatic and gravity applications so like you'd find in your chute magnets yep. um, we will be releasing the pneumatic line the the pneumatic line magnet which a lot of people refer to as the bullet magnet yep. that's our next design that's coming out and that'll be out in the next few months uh, and then the last design that will put it on it will be the drawer magnets awesome so it will be available on every model magnet that we have in uh, in our uh, offerings
0: perfect well that sounds all wonderful
6: yeah it's a uh, it's a really exciting time to be in the industry
0: <laughs> awesome so. well frank thanks a lot i'm I'm excited to see it i'm gonna stop by and have to have to have a look at it
6: awesome thanks simon please thanks. come over thank you pleasure
0: how you doing mr jeff
7: i'm doing great you
0: Uh you know just, you know, being here is good. Yeah,
7: good <laughs> atmosphere here at the at the show, it like is. always.
0: It is. Is this your second, third show,
7: first uh, show? This is probably my third or fourth show. Yeah. Yeah, we had the Arkansas one last year, and then obviously COVID, Colorado, and then I think there was... Atlanta.
0: Atlanta. Yep, so exactly.
7: Yeah, good atmosphere, good people.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's It's been busy, so yep. it's it's good to see that. It's good to see people coming back, for sure.
7: Right, agree. Yep.
0: So besides you being... Um, my hunting, and chatting and buddy. Yeah, we talk hunting a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> what else do you do?
7: <laughs> so right now, to kind of give a little step back, um, was an electrician for 10, 11 years. Went back to school to get my industrial controls and robotics mm. degree. Went to Bueller, been at Bueller now for almost 12 years. Do a lot of retrofits, a lot of, I, I came, came in the PLC background. Mm-hmm kind of moved up the chain in in Bueller, and now I'm running customer service automation. So I handle every fire, every day, Monday through Friday and even on the weekends. So (laughs) we've built up a team where we're serving customers' needs, uh, their day-to-day business needs. We have a 24-7 support system in place, a ticket database system, where they call 24-7 when they're down and it goes directly to my team, Mm. and we have a good rotation. And then in the evenings, we have a pool of engineers in our our whole automation department that voluntarily sign up, and then they take the call after hours. So anything after five o'clock, they get the call, and our engineers get paid for it, our customers get less downtime, so it's a win-win for everybody. And so we've been doing this now, I would say, for going on four years. Mm It's been a really, really successful. So I enjoy having conversations with customers here at the show that are telling me, look, thanks for answering that call at 2 a.m. It's not me answering the call. Yep. But we've got a really good system in place where we're taking care of our our engineers and then also customers, too, at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think customers appreciate a, a small-ish pool of people they can connect to, right? And right. And it's not... Like necessarily somebody calling Switzerland or wherever—it's it's a local team that is really dedicated only right. for customer service. That's a great correct?
7: point. Um, we don't have a call center. Yeah. Kind of like what you said. We're right. obviously a Swiss company, but we want to tr- try to handle our customers locally. Mm-hmm. So we have a system in place where customer will call a, our our main number, and it routes it to the engineer that's on call. So you're going directly to a live voice. Yep. You're not going to an automated system click one, now click three, you know, everybody hates doing that, so we, they, they contact, they get right to the engineer, now it's not saying that the engineer is like warping to them, <laughs> you know, but they write down the information, they, they connect it to our customers, you know, every customer has a different way to connect, you know, sometimes it's their VPN systems, yep. TeamViewer, whatever, but um, it's a very good experience for, for, for our customers, which is good.
0: Good, no, yeah. I, I agree, I mean, this that is the way to go and I I like that you know when you call the customer service line that you actually talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about you don't have to talk through two, through three people or something right. to to get down to the bottom of the problem exactly. to where you need to go so that is definitely definitely the way to go and yep. you know all of my personal experience I like using the
7: yeah yeah using I, the service it's it's great I mean another thing to add to this is we try to give customers a flavor of it Mm -hmm. during their warranty so when they do a project with us obviously the big projects they get to experience that when because you know there's some things that we're ironing out after commissionings and stuff and you guys get a good taste in your mouth and a lot of our customers are telling us that have never had a system like this in place why don't we do this in other areas so I'm, I'm hoping that we can kind of change the market when it comes <laughs> to customer service, because yeah. it's big. It is. You know, the US market wants it.
0: Absolutely. I think every market does. Every really. market, right. Yeah. Good. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome, Jeff. Um, one more question. Sure. What's your next big hunting trip?
7: Whew. So I'm, I'm planning on doing a, possibly an antelope hunt this, this fall with, awesome. with a buddy out in Montana. And then I'm also looking to do travel to Wisconsin Minnesota and South Dakota doing whitetail hunting for bow. Perfect. Yeah, I enjoy being outdoors. You and I have great conversations of hunting public land. I mean, to me, I think it's so fun to hunt pub- public land. I know it everyone is. has, it's good to hunt private land, but you have to work a little bit harder. So I almost feel like I'm an engineer before my hunt because <laughs> you're doing all that preparation. Exactly. It's, it's just great. It's a great time. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck to you this fall then. Yeah, and absolutely. You too. Thanks for your help. Thank you. Hey guys, how are you doing?
2: Doing all right, good. good. How Thank are you?
0: Good, good. So we have a couple of folks here from K-State, um, students of course. Uh, Matthew and Bennett. Um, let's go ahead. Matthew, why don't you start? Introduce yourself a little bit and, you know, who you are, where you come from, where you grew up. And maybe a little bit of history, if you did internships already, where? and
8: Okay. You know. uh, my name is Matthew Anschutz. I'm from Linden, Kansas. Uh, I interned uh, with Treehouse Foods last year in Excelsior Springs at a Durham mill. This summer, I'm headed to uh, Oakland, California with Miller Milling. Yeah, one of all mills.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Good, good. Um, Go ahead, Bennett.
9: Uh, Yeah, so I'm Bennett Jones, uh, sophomore uh, in Milling Science at K-State. Grew up around the area, uh, got some family in Manhattan, and Mm -hmm. was born and raised in Olathe, so about hour down the road. Um this is this upcoming summer will be my first industry internship. I'll be up in Ogden, Utah with Graincraft. Um but this previous summer I spent the uh summer out with Paul blodgett at the uh, Hall Ross Student Flour Mill.
0: Awesome. That's a good mill too.
9: It was fun. It was fun.
0: Absolutely. Um how did you end up in Grand Science, Bennett?
9: Uh (coughs) sorry. Uh yeah, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I know I wanted to not be inside in a cubicle all day, you know, in a chair. Um, So, and I wanted to be in agriculture, so I talked to my mom. and (coughs) uh, My mom's cousin is actually uh, in the General Mills plant in KC. Oh, really? So, yeah. Uh, So I talked to him for a little bit, kind of toured their, their plant up there, and I was like, I mean, it suits me, so we'll go and try it, and it's stuck ever since. i loved it. So Awesome.
8: Awesome. Good. What about you? Uh, So Linden's a 2A small high school in Kansas, and I got a math teacher there. Uh, I guess just growing up, over four years, he always told me, uh, don't be a teacher, go do milling. <laughs> That's what his son did. <laughs> oh, and, okay. <laughs> uh, he really spoke highly of it, so I came and yeah. tried it out and awesome. liked it. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting to see how everybody ends up in milling. Everybody seems to have like a very different path, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's a good it's a good um, program, and you know, hundred percent job placement it's definitely speaks for it. Yep. So, um, dura milling.
8: Did you yeah. like it? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was way different than anything I'd seen in the classroom yet. So, yeah, it's a little harder than flour
0: milling. That's what <laughs> I think. Paul <laughs> likes when I say that it's more difficult, I believe, but. I think yeah. it teaches you patience because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just do a change and go look quick. Mm-hmm. Do a change and wait. Yeah. Everything has to be loaded up. But, yeah. Do you do a lot of hands-on stuff then? Yep.
8: Yep. Mm. Um, I had a few projects. I also got to go over to uh, – they have a pasta plant on site there. So kind of got to go over there, learned how to make a noodle. and Awesome. That was, that was another cool part of my internship. you so. going through the grocery stores nowadays and you look at the specs on the pasta? I do. Yeah. I. But then I also saw packaging. Everything kind of came – off the same line, so it's yep. pasta's pasta. <laughs>
0: it is exactly.
8: <laughs> it yep. all eats. So.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, the show. What do you think? Any, any? Uh, what's your favorite part of the show so far? Favorite part of the show. Uh, any machine? Any process? Anything? Yeah,
8: <coughs> I'd say uh, just getting to meet with like all the vendors and stuff, uh, yep. making lots of connections, talking to lots of people is really cool. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big family, but yeah at the end of the day, everybody knows each other. yeah it's pretty nice. What about you Bennett?
9: yeah uh this is my personally my first show that I've been to, so it's kind of a new experience um to see you know all these companies together and yep. you're right it is kind of like a big family everyone gets along and everybody knows each other um my personal favorite so far uh has been Bueller yeah,, uh, it's just kind of cool to see their new products that br- they bring in and their pure that they brought today. It's pretty cool, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, I so. agree. Cool. Well, I wish you all the best for the future and have a good rest of your show and thanks for stopping by. Yeah,
8: of course. Thank you. Thank you, you very yeah. much. Appreciate yeah. it.
0: All right. I got a couple more intern um, intern <laughs> students here. See, and I'm messing it up now when I start the recording. Um, one of them is Tyler and the other one's is Brooklyn. Um, why don't we start with you, Tyler? Why don't you tell us who you are and... Where you come from, and how the hell did you end up in milling?
10: Uh, well, uh, I'm from Salina, Kansas, which is pretty much smack dab in the middle of Kansas. So, <laughs> right there in the wheat state. Yep. Um, I actually found milling after I went to Kansas State for my first year, because uh, I was originally in engineering, and uh, af- after that, uh, I actually toured a mill up in uh, Sandsgar, Iowa, mm-hmm. and then that really piqued my interest, and I have a farming background since my uh, my family's had a farm for a long time, and then we always went on harvest and stuff. So uh, grain's been a part of my life for quite some time, and then I found milling, and yeah, so I, I'm here now. I'm loving it. And yeah? Yeah.
0: Awesome. Did you have any internships before?
10: Uh, yeah, so uh, last summer I interned with Farmer Direct Foods, yeah, and so uh, that's a uh, whole wheat stone ground. Uh, traditional stone ground flour mill
0: awesome that's yeah. some pretty interesting stuff it's different than probably most of your classmates huh?
10: yeah yeah definitely it was definitely a unique experience yeah. anything lined up for this year yeah uh, this summer I'm going to uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa with uh, Quaker Oats yep so I spent some time with
0: that plant for a minute yeah that's yeah. it I was there I can't remember probably 8, 9 years ago and I can't g- guarantee you I was only there for 2 days but I
10: got lost at least twice Oh yeah, in it's that plan. Yeah, it's definitely uh, going to be tough to figure out my way around that place, but it's a big place. I have a whole summer, so I think I might be able to get it down. Yeah,
0: I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Brooklyn. help Hi. me with your facts.
11: So, I actually grew up in a small town in Kansas as well, right outside Wichita. Mm-hmm. Many people don't really know it, but Goddard, Kansas. Um, I got into milling because a girl that actually worked for Bay State in an Indian town, Kelly Manaman, Her dad works very closely with mine, and she kind of pointed me in the direction of, like, looking into milling. So I went up to K-State my junior year of high school Mm. and toured the major and really liked the fact that it's hands-on and it's really engaging. So it's something that I decided I'm always going to be doing something, and I'm always going to be finding new opportunities with it. And kind of from there, I went with milling. I've really enjoyed it. Definitely found something I'm extremely passionate about.
0: Seems like it. (laughs) <laughs> Not gonna lie, <laughs> I love it. I it is great. You know? <laughs>
11: good, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, are you gonna be the K State student with the most internships by the time you're done?
11: I will. I think I'll graduate with eight or nine internships. <laughs>
0: How are you doing this? So, do you have to attend school at all? Or?
11: I do. I go to school pretty regularly.
0: Okay, good. <laughs>
11: so yeah, I actually got my first internship with Ardent Mills in their Wichita facility before um, actually going to K State. I was sitting in my dorm room and Scott Roush called me and was like, hey, we're Arden Mills. You want to come intern for us? And I didn't even know what Arden Mills was. So it was kind of cool. That's how I got into it. And then I went back that winter um, between my, like, freshman semesters. And I was their winter intern and worked on some, like, 5S projects, smaller things like that. And then this last summer I was in Culpeper, Virginia with Arden again, just working on some more process and, Mm. like, flow projects. And this last winter I interned with ADM, and they gave me a really unique opportunity. I spent two weeks in their sorghum mill in Dodge, Kansas. Yeah, it was really cool. And then they also kind of like took me on a tour of a whole bunch of different mills. I met some really great people, and Keenan is one of them I met. He's extremely knowledgeable. He's taught me a lot so far. And then this summer I'll be going with Arden again in their Port Red Wing facility. Get to see a lot of new technology and really dig into that troubleshooting side of it. So I'm excited for that.
0: Oh, I hope they don't need to troubleshoot. It's brand new.
11: Well, <laughs> they're trying to, like, piece together every little I part. Know, it's yeah. all good.
0: I just... Find was, all the
11: little bugs, That was you a you sh- shot
0: taken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I think I think you're going to like it. It's probably going to be pretty exciting it especially will be especially with all that new technology they have
11: I think the one thing I might miss a little is like older mills I don't know why I really like like the little Alice Chalmer yeah. rolls and there's everything there's a lot of those
0: around still though
11: I know but you know? being in a brand new mill is going to be different because I've had a lot of exposure to some older mills
0: yeah that's for sure but um you have something else big coming up this I year do.
11: don't you? <laughs> I'll be leaving early August for the Swiss milling school
0: that's a big deal
11: I'm excited for it. Well, it's going
0: to be. be good. You <laughs> should be. It was probably the best not the best time, but that was probably the best time of my life and I went. Yeah. And I went right after after milling school in Germany and it was a good time.
11: Oh, cool. Did uh, not know
0: that. Yep. I was course 51D. So there's always a D and an E course for uh-huh. English is the E and D is for German because it's Deutsch, yeah. right? So I did 51 and I graduated in 2008. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Exactly.
11: That is really cool.
0: Yeah. So, lots ahead for you.
11: Yeah. And I got a couple internships lined up after the Swiss Milling School. So, looking forward to those as well.
0: Yeah. Maybe we get you on board too if we can. Hopefully. I know you're going to Bueller after that too, right? Yeah. So,
11: right after the Swiss Milling School, I'll do three months with Bungie in Atchison, Kansas at a dry corn mill. (laughs) And then I'll be going (laughs) with hopefully Bueller. We're getting that lined up and figuring out more details with it. And then I'll go into my senior year. And looking at trying to get an internship with Miller. Yep,
0: that'd be good. Where I can go with you guys. Yeah, we have some opportunities probably. But, I mean, you better be ready to make a decision after you're done with all that experience. <laughs> I
11: know. That is the big question because I've started looking at some opportunities. And I don't know where I want to go yet. Yeah. Still got a little time.
0: Well, I'll make sure I follow you around. Maybe we can do another, another interview after you're done with Swiss, Swiss, Swiss Billing School. <laughs> Jeez. Absolutely. That'd be good. Um, back to you, Tyler. The show what do you think so far
10: oh i like it i i like meeting new uh industry professionals and seeing not necessarily just the the milling companies but companies that help make the milling companies operate and perform to the caliber that they need to yeah and anything favorites any favorites well i i'm not i can't pick a favorite but if i had to pick a favorite i'm
0: I mean, everybody's picking show <laughs> best best of show every year, so it's this not is illegal sure. to pick a favorite.
10: The um, the show that um, Swiska that had uh, I think yesterday yeah. that that was interesting with the radar technology within the bins, especially that short of a distance. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to uh, see that implemented within that. Yeah, system. that could
0: be that could be something very interesting in the future for sure. Oh yeah. Any anything you we should do better?
10: Hmm. I. Top of my head, I can't really think of anything. Good, I like at that this pre- at this present moment. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, info sessions are great. Yeah, get to learn a lot, get to d- see different points of view on different types of milling or mm-hmm. different grains. So good, awesome, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Same s- questions.
11: All right, so starting out with what I like about the show.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Just
11: a lot of like really good networking opportunities. Just in this week, I've gained two major opportunities, being two internships and just meeting a lot of people that I think will have a lot of impact on my career or just like meeting them and realizing that is someone I wanted to learn from. I think that is the best thing about this is I've gotten a lot out of it in terms of like people. And if there's anything I could change about it, maybe make like the actual expo hall and like a little bigger, have some more vendors, see a little more things, which I know COVID kind of had an impact on that. still like growing back from that, but it's still pretty cool. I've enjoyed it a lot for going on picking favorites i really really like swisska like learning about their technology and kind of where they went with their company is intriguing to me i feel like in this industry you don't see people take that step to really go out on their own and start something new like that because i feel like you hear about like the same larger companies Mm -hmm. but for them to emerge like that is pretty interesting i think they'll be someone cool to follow as i go in my career
0: i agree i think so too they're good addition to the to the whole portfolio of, of milling machines and engineering and Absolutely. technology. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you both. I'll let you go and make sure you go on some more educational sessions, as you should. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Yeah, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Simon? Living the dream. That's always the goal. Last day of the show. We're about to get ready for the afternoon. I think you have to be on your on time award here pretty soon You we can keep
12: it brief. That that sounds great. <laughs> I'd like to uh yeah. yeah, make it to all the educational session well, programs as as much as I can. So. that's
0: very good of you. Yeah. So. But I, I know you Sean but but quick who are you and who do you work for?
12: Yeah, my name is Sean Teeley. I'm currently employed with Kansas State University, so I teach flour milling and grain processing short courses, week long or two week long courses through the International Grains Program or the IGP Institute, so part of the Department of Grain Science and Industry. Awesome. Very yeah. important job. Yeah. I like well, it. Lots of, lots of training needs out in the world, so yeah. we try to meet the demands as best as we can.
0: Awesome. So, second day of the show, what's your favorite?
12: It's been a good show. Um, uh, my favorite part of these is always just connecting with yeah. all the individuals from all the different industries and companies out there and they, the social events are always a lot of fun just <laughs> catching up with people. Yeah. Um, the the showrooms floor has been well, has, has been good. Um, some new things out there that I'm learning about technology changes and yeah. advancements in equipment. So uh, that, that's been well and some of the educational sessions uh, have been pretty informative and I think uh, from what I hear, I haven't, attended, haven't got to attend them all, but from what I hear, yep. there's a lot of good information out there. So I'm looking forward to uh, catching catching those later on the recorded sessions.
0: Perfect. Good. Yeah, I think they're all pretty well ante- attended, too. And I've seen a lot of people around, so That's something yep. nice to see after the whole COVID situation. So I'm happy everybody's back.
12: Yeah, it's great to get back out and travel and reconnect face to face. So Exactly.
0: Well, Sean, I'll let you go. Thanks for stopping by.
12: Yeah, thanks for uh, finding me, Simon, and no putting me on your show. Now, <laughs> That's what now I do. I can be famous like you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll see about that. All right, now go be on time. All
12: right, thanks. <laughs>